right about him. I'm always right. It's like when I'm right, I'm right. And when I'm wrong, I could have been right. So I'm still right because I could have been wrong. That makes sense. Come on. Episode 5-2, we in the house. 5-2, 52. Was that Viente Dos? No habla español. Cinquenta due? I don't think you can say chank anymore. I was speaking Italian. Uh, so it makes it okay. I get it. I'm, I'm bilingual. <laughs> and by stupid. <laughs> stupid every um, day. So five two, man. Yeah. Do you want me to go first or you want me to go? Yeah, yeah. You gotta go. You gotta go. Okay. I see I, so Reese uh, in the pre-show um has indicated that I'm not gonna guess his my, his 52. It's someone from Massachusetts, which makes me feel like I should know it, but I don't. Um uh, my 52, I was worried that we were gonna have the same person until he said those things. Mine is a, a Californian. Mm. Um, you know, much like a great quarterback, Jared Lorenzen, some may know uh, this person has another hefty lefty, and I mean that with full respect. One of the great pitchers of his generation that I believe is incredibly underrated for his greatness. Okay. Okay. I'm going with CC Sabathia. Mm. Skinny CC or fat CC? Fat CC. Okay. Not Just even making sure you know. I knew. <laughs> I, I wasn't so, scared when the Red Sox had to face skinny CC. So this is the question for you. Alcohol could have ruined CC Sabathia's life. We know that. He's been on record talking about it. Mm-hmm. If you are his manager and you know he pitches better when he's loaded, what are you doing? Depends how scummy of a manager you are. So about you. I, I want I want the best for my players. Whatever he feels is gonna make him the best. And that's so you, I'm leaving that to him. No, but I'm leaving that to his interpretation. Do you want to be your, the best human you can be, the best pitcher you can be? Do what you want. Oh, so you don't care about winning. He only won one World Series, so well, he, that, got that's multiple, the thing. he got multiple teams to that brink. It wasn't his fault that he was on not the greatest of team for a large. Sounds like he, but yeah, exactly. But he wasn't the make or break point then. It sounds like we're good. Mm. I feel like a lot of those managers he had, they only stayed around because he was good. (laughs) That's probably true. No, I mean, and I've always said, I think his half season with the Brewers is maybe the most underappreciated half season of pitching, call it, because that's the only only time he was there in the history of baseball. Because do you remember how everyone talked about Jake Arrieta like five years ago when he was with the mm-hmm. Cubs and like locked mm-hmm. it down? Like, I don't think people remember just because it was pre-social media what he did in 2008. He got traded in the middle of the year in Milwaukee, didn't owe them anything, but they were in a playoff push. He pitched 17 games, went 11-2 and two with a 1.65 ERA, seven complete games, three shutouts. So he threw 130 innings in that time. So he was – I don't even know what that checks out to. But that's a lot of innings for that time frame. I I think they made it to the playoffs too. Uh, Yeah, I think they did. I mean, that's an amazing outing. I would have to look and see some of the greatest pitchers that never were, like the ones who kept getting hurt, and look at those seasons where like like the the Kerry Woods and the Mark – 
Yeah. Clay Buckholt, uh, Mark Pryor, Kerry Wood, like these guys who like, it was like, you were nice. And then like, oh, I threw my shoulder out. Oh, my elbow just fell me. So I got to see like those half seasons to kind of compare it to it. But it was, it was absolutely fantastic. It was like, or, or the pitchers who got, a, who got like suspended for steroid use, but they were crushing it right before. That. Yeah. No, Clay Buckholt's one of my favorite things is that's, that, that's a not nice way of saying it. Because what I'm going to say is kind of inherently negative. He would either pitch, given the year, he would either pitch a full season at an average to below average level or pitch at an elite level for like four months and then get hurt. Like I'll never forget 2013, which of course the Red Sox inevitably won the World Series there. He got hurt after 16 games in which he went 12 and one with a 174 ERA. And then just got hurt. And then the next year came back, went eight and 11. The year after, seven and seven, eight and 10, all with higher than average ERAs. Hmm. But shout out to Clay Drill. No, we're not doing that. That's like when, like, a Derek Fisher would be like, yo, remember that time Kobe and I scored 81? I think Smush usually give that one, probably. I could believe it. I think Kobe probably would curse him out because he hated Smush Parker. But that's a, I mean, that's a, that's a strong 52. I think that that's also one of the more swaggier. I think he. I think he's one of the great African-American baseball players that doesn't get put in that conversation as much as he should. Well, almost no African-American baseball players get put in that kind of conversation. But I think that CC Sabathia is underrated in terms of he is, he arguably has a top 10 during our lifetime swaggy jersey career. Mm-hmm. Like CC With a non-swaggy jersey. jersey number too. Yeah, like that's not a dope baseball jersey number, but for him and like the teams he played on, it just looked good because he he was full body, so fifty two fits a full body, and then it's like, oh, these are some dope unis that you actually pitch for. Yeah, I mean the the pinstripes always play, and mm-hmm. then Cleveland's jerseys always play. Yeah, they were always fire, and then I like the Milwaukee with the gold and the blue. Like I thought, yeah, it always that was, that was back in those Ricky Weeks days too. I remember I went out there to Milwaukee, long story, less long. Actually, long story short, I'm not even going to talk, tell a story, but we were out there the, the same year that Jason Wirth left the, <laughs> the Phillies. Oh, you've told and he went to the story. Washington Nationals. Yeah, and the Brewers were playing the Nationals, and somehow we got tickets on the third baseline, like on the line. And then, like, all of these Phillies kids are, you're worth nothing. You are worth – he's just la- – he's literally laughing. He's <laughs> there like <laughs> – He's like, you guys must be from Philly. Like, it's, it's, it just makes no sense. And then we started yelling. And then he looked at us, I think, and he's like, we're from Philly. And he's like, oh, that makes sense. Follows the travels. <laughs> like, <laughs> we just happen to be here. <laughs> you know what's Dude, funny? It's so like, I, I wish, like, knowing you, like, I wish you had more of a conversation where he's like, did you guys spend money to be right here? And you would be like, yeah. Yo, 100%. We yeah. saw you schedule. We'll yeah. also be in Cincinnati next week. <laughs> <laughs> But that's a good one, man. Shout out to CC Sabathia. Great podcaster, um, too. I think he just – I don't think there's been anything he's, CC he, has is failed he, at. Uh, is he in the all-time – is he in the culture starting rotation for our nah. lifetime? For our nah. lifetime? Mm-mm. He's in a culture starting rotation for a sport, for sure. No, that's what overall. I mean. That's what I mean. Like a starting – For a sport, yeah. Like yeah, pitching, yeah, yeah. pitching rotation, starting pitching rotation. Yeah, yeah, for sure. For sure. Because so but don't but during his era, honestly, there's only I think five guaranteed all-time culture players in baseball. I think guaranteed, and everybody else is, sub- is subjective. Mm. That'd be a fun list because I think there's 
I mean, pun intended, more slam dunk choices in basketball for mm-hmm. cultural. I, I feel like baseball, we could have some interesting conversation mm-hmm. over that. Yeah. I'm trying to think. But yeah, let's hear that 52. So I'm going a, I'm to a, I'm a make it quick, but I'm going to make it impactful. Ready? Okay. So first things first. This man is from Salem, Massachusetts. Salem, Massachusetts. That That's my first fun blood. fact. My second fun fact is in January 1992, during his senior year in college, his twin brother actually was diagnosed with Hodgkin's disease at the age of 22. And because his brother lost his hair during chemotherapy, this person shaved his head during his entire professional career in solidarity with his brother. That's a dope ass fact. Like that's number two. Like that's that's ill. Like I didn't even know that until I was looking into the person. I was like, I just thought that he's bald. <laughs> I was like, oh, he's bald. I guess that's what it is. But no, the fact that he shaved his head and solidarity for his entire professional career was dope. And then the number one reason why I picked this man <clears throat> in the summer of two thousand, Matt Geiger refused to waive a five million dollar trade kicker clause in his contract, stopped a four team deal between Philadelphia, the Hornets, the Detroit Pistons, and the LA Lakers that would have sent all-star Allen Iverson to play for the Pistons. He was suspended for two games during the 2001 season for violation of the the NBA, NBA PA steroid policy. The steroid thing, don't really care about. But the fact that somebody gave Matt Geiger a $5 million no trade clause at any point in time in his life, Absolutely shows how shitty the Sixers ran for a very long time. But the second part, I mean, they must have given them made Matt, a promise, though. I mean, they were big on those at the time. Eat a bag of baby dicks. But the fact that like he was the reason why Iverson stayed in Philadelphia the season he won the MVP is absolutely insane. A man who career averages are 9.2 points per game and 5.7 rebounds, which is nothing to snuff at in the NBA, if I'm being honest. Nothing to snuff at, especially a guy who has chronic knee problems. Not mad at that at all. But Matt Geiger was a starter for the Sixers on various occasions. I I got a question for you. It's about his contract. Is Mm -hmm. it worse? What was the average annual value? It wasn't even average anyway. It was literally the fact that he refused to waive a $5 million trade kicker clause. Oh, okay. I got you. Because I was going to mm-hmm. say, so I'm curious, what was his salary? I thought, oh, at that point? I was going to say, if it was $5 million, is it worse that at any point in his career he was making $5 million? Or... I mean, it's, it's a good question. But he was a second-round draft pick, so I doubt he should have been making that kind of money back then. And it was the 90s, so the contracts weren't the greatest. But I wouldn't be surprised if Billy King, who's been on my shit list since we started this podcast and way before, we didn't overpay him just because he was a terrible GM. Sorry, I'm I'm laughing. Was it 20? Well, the full deal was a six-year deal for $51 million. Insane. Absolutely insane. (laughs) So I was going to say, what's worse, that or the no trade clause? (laughs) Dude. Look at this shit. That, look at my franchise, man. So, Ivan, I've been saying so, this okay, for So, that particular year, it was less than his the two years after that. It was only seven and a half million base, it looks like. Looks like maybe it got up to about 12, though. Oh, no, that was that was current U.S. dollars adjusted for inflation. But he would have been getting $12 million now. Listen, man, I'm going to tell you right now. We ain't going to go into it right now. But one day we got to talk about, I've been saying this for the longest time. I'm a big fan of Billy King. I think he's a great GM. Fuck him in his eye. I think 
the worst drafting city sports wise is Philadelphia in the history of sports as a whole, as a whole, Ooh. we drafted hall of famers, but then the stuff that we chose not to do supersedes the hall of famers we drafted. Yeah. I don't think that's a, I mean, I, you'd, I, we'd really have to crunch some numbers I'm sure, mm-hmm. but I think you definitely have an inside track. Cause I was going to be like, even your best draft picks, like, like Chuck, mm-hmm. you just really Peace. couldn't miss in that draft too. Like, like you yeah. could have picked anyone like out of a hat. It's like, oh, we got and we Ray trade, Allen. And we traded him for nothing. That's part of it, too. Not only did we draft him, yeah. but what happened when they left? He won an MVP that year. He was the MVP of the Olympics in the 1992 Dream Team. People don't even remember that. He was the MVP of the whole tournament. Oh, we I, I wasn't even like talking nothing. about that, Chuck. I was talking about Bubba Chuck. Oh, Bubba's a real Chuck. My bad. But that one, yes. too. I was going to say, like, the Bubba Chuck draft, like, you could have put in, like, up. Oh, we only got Ray Allen. So, oh, well, yeah. it's not uh, that bad. We got Steve Nash. What do we do now? <laughs> yeah. yeah, let's take a flyer on this kid from Philadelphia. What could go wrong? Especially because if you think about it, Philadelphia sports, a lot of them are old franchises. Yeah. Like, so base, it's like baseball, we got a long tough. Time. I think baseball is yeah. tough to hold accountable because just so much has to fall, even for a first rounder to make it to the, like, the first number one overall pick to ever make the Hall of Fame was Ken Griffey. Mm-hmm. So it's like the, just stuff has to fall your way to make it work in baseball. So that one's tougher. I'm, but I'm not giving but, I'm not giving you that out. You know why? Because there's so many more rounds. Yeah, I mean, like Mike Piazza got drafted in like the 160th round. Yeah. From yeah. was he from Doylestown or Exton? No, Mount Ryan's from Exton. Doylestown. Yeah, he's from Doylestown. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. Shout to Mike Piazza, my favorite catcher for a very long period of my life. Legend. Um, yeah, yes. I mean, you know, I mean, both of our hometown franchises flopped on being able to get a guy like DK Metcalf. But yeah, I, I feel think like think about think about hockey, right? Philly is low-key a hockey town. Not even really low-key. Not, not low-key low key at all. Philly, yeah, Philly is a know. hockey town. We won back-to-back Stanley Cups and literally was just like, we good for 30 years. Like, what the fuck do we, like, and I get it. A lot of that was bad luck. Like, with Eric Lindros, that nasty-ass hit that Stevenson hit on him, you can't really predict that, but you kind of can because it's hockey. In my mind, you got to be like, this shit could happen. You still need depth, yes. Like, we just yeah. we just let go of our captain. We just let go of Claude because we were just like, yo, go win a championship. <laughs> just when he was like, yo, we're so yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Like, right, you've done enough, yeah. <laughs> well, you, you guys Ray Borked him. Uh-huh. Yeah. You gave him the Ray yeah. Bork treatment. Just wait. If he goes winning chip, maybe he'll do the Ray Bork. Where Ray Bork, we the Bruins traded Ray Bork to the Avalanche. He went and won a cup with the Avalanche. In his one day with the cup, he spent doing his own parade through the streets of Boston. Like, like, mm. like he did a championship for a parade for a non-Boston sports team. And we were like, dude, we're so happy for you. <laughs> <laughs> Like we, like I, I think that was like that I was love, that was also at a time where the Patriots hadn't started winning. Like I think it was like the year before, if I'm not mistaken. Mm-hmm. So it's like we were like, we don't have anything else going on. Sure, yeah, we'll, we'll ball off for right. Like Claude, like to me, there there are some players in in sports in general. I personally believe that there are some players who should never, ever, ever not be on a franchise that they drafted them. Like when Kobe was like trade me, like looking back on it, yes, I would have loved that. Ha- Kobe hockey has it. a bunch of those to me. Yeah, like, like we drafted like, Claude Giroux, twenty second overall in 06. I was saying we left. we got Bergeron and Marchand are mm-hmm. the same thing that were I think 05. So yeah, and then it just becomes one of these where like I like I don't like looking up like people don't even remember that fucking and I hate I think the Knicks are like the worst franchise in basketball history. But the fact that 
Patrick Ewing finished his career with, like the Supersonics. Yeah. Like the but fact that like Hakeem Olajuwon finished his career with the, the Raptors. Letter, the, the letter also on a hockey jersey. Once you have a letter on your jersey, you're not supposed to play anywhere else in my brain. It don't even got to be that. It's I was going to say, like, like, in my brain, he's played for, like, four teams since then, I think. But, like, in my brain, P.K. Subban <laughs> still plays for the Canadians. Like, if I see P.K. Subban, I'm going to be like, you're a Montreal Canadian. It's, yeah. I'm like, like I'm never going to be like, oh, remember that Nashville Predators tenure? No. Mm. Yeah, but I get it, man. Go get your money. But shout out to Claude. Shout out to all of our terrible draft picks. Hope Sean Bradley can walk again. Um, a lot of stuff has happened since the 90s. But, God damn it, we have been terrible. But you got Joel. Mm-hmm. But then again, like your only good picks are when you draft number one overall. And then sometimes they're still not. Who is that? I was gonna say, like, I feel or was Joel number one or number two overall? He was three. Who who number else three. was in that draft? Jabari Parker, Andrew Wiggins. Yeah, it's a tough one. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So it wasn't like we we so like we I, were I like hoping you're, for Joel. You're, we you're like, 50 50 on number one picks that I can think of. Nah, we're more than 50 50. On the on the two that I'm, I thought of first, you're you're. Oh yeah, that's definitely 50 50. The definition of 50 50. How much do you think those jerseys have depreciated that you have? I mean, they're cool, but I don't think they depreciate at all because none of them are Sixers jerseys. Mm, just high school. yeah, I got him when he I got I got the legend when he was a legend. <laughs> Speaking of <laughs> legends that played at Washington, mm-hmm. did, did you see? Oh man! Uh, do we want? Oh that? man! Jay crossover, man. Yeah, I, I still Jay crossover. Was that? I, I say that that the behind the back uh, kind of gather layup will mm-hmm. always be all time package, and he could go both sides. So. Yeah, <laughs> it was so smooth. I think I think it's interesting. I think this speaks to the politics of basketball because the last time Jamal Crawford played in the NBA game, he scored 50, if my memory serves me correctly. Yep. And then for a whole year and a half, actually more than almost two years, he didn't get a 10 day. Crazy. So I think that this, yeah, I think this speaks to the politics of basketball more than his ability, kind of how when Melo was going team to team and then you heard the whispers, Melo was burnt, Melo was done, Melo was, and then he gets to the Trailblazers and almost wins like, like six man of the year. Yeah, And it becomes like, oh, this is the politics. It's not just about the game. Because Jamal Crawford, I don't care what nobody tells me right now. He could give you a four year tomorrow. You don't even got to do that. How I many mean, NBA he might players, not, but like he what would have it. Yeah. What percentage of NBA players do you think is averaging 10 points or less in the NBA? If you just had to guess a percentage. Uh, 74. I can guarantee you Jamal Crawford would not be in that 74. Yeah, he'd give you 12 every night. Yeah, he can give you 11 at minimum. Yeah. On 10 minutes. <laughs> so yeah, I was going to say, I, I would expect him to be like, like there would be games where he has like eight or nine, but then again, there's going to be a game where he has 43. Yeah. I don't, I, or, I just, or, I, I, like, I look at it in it's very different circumstances, but like it's the same thing when I look at like uh, Colin Kaepernick. Like, obviously, very different circumstances of why they're being held out of the game. But at the end of the day, you look at their talent level, it's like, you can't tell me that this isn't better than most of the bench depth in their respective leagues. And even if you don't want him to play, right. You tell me you can't bring him in as a consultant for bench players, like right. how to get your shit going when you get off the bench. Cause most yeah, people, what happened to, people, like, people wanting vets, like, like, is that person Isaiah Thomas now? Like, is, you know, with, with how he's been in Charlotte, like I, I just can't understand how there's not a team that could benefit from like, why, like a team like, 
I don't know. You know, you know the complexities of NBA rosters far better than I do, so I'll defer to you. But like, I think it would be sick if uh, Jay Cross was in like Memphis with Ja. Yeah. Like, I think that'd be a dope combo. But yeah, like I just I just don't get why no one wants him. Like, like, and, and this is no offense again, but like. I'm sorry, you know, Peyton Pritchard is a fine bench player. He's not better than Jamal Crawford right now. Mm-mm. Are you telling me that well, how poorly the Lakers has been, have been, you can't add another scorer to your roster? Like, it's, it's just a lot. Like, and it, no, it could I be that he's no, like, they're I don't... fine. I think they should stay as is, stay Stan Pat. You know, they, they, they can turn it around. Like, I don't I – mean, it could have been that he didn't want to play for a team where he couldn't actually play. Like, he might have just been like, I don't that want to be given. It could be that, but but but, but – the minimum, if if I had to guess right now, the minimum, the veteran minimum is like five million dollars. You don't want yeah. a quick five. I I just like why doesn't a team like Golden State just be like, yeah, let's get another guy? Why not? I I don't know, man. And, and it's, like, but, but that's because that's the weird thing with him though is like it's like oh he's not gonna play that much. He was never vet minimum, starting. Vet minimum right now in NBA is two point six million dollars. That's crazy. I'll take a quick two point six. Easy. Um, but like, I, I just don't get how for a guy like him, like he was never a guy that had to be the guy on a team. And that was one of the benefits of having him was he had no mm-hmm. problem being the sixth or seventh man. And to a bigger slap in the face is that this year, the NBA actually expanded its rosters. So you used to be able to have like 12, um, people on, on your bench, plus like some key reserves because of COVID they added, um, a hardship exemption. Where like then you got like two, I think you got like between one and three more places you can just add to your roster that you can use whenever you want, and they were permanent. So the fact he didn't even make it hardship roster is crazy. Yeah, that's what I don't. I mean, because we were complaining about Zeke not getting a deal, but like with yeah. him, like at least there was injury stuff and mm-hmm. whatever else. Was like I just don't get, you know. So I, I hope he's happy in retirement. I imagine he will inevitably move his way over to the big three. You think? See, I I thought about or, that. Or, is, or does it make too much sense that he it won't? I feel like it makes too much sense that he won't because he does his summer pro am stuff in Seattle every single summer. That's when the big three is, <laughs> and I think that a lot of people in the big three are in it because I think there's three main reasons why people in the big three. And you can name whatever the three reasons are in order, but I think that the, the the three are there's a lot of NBA players who mismanage their money, so they need a check. I think some people are playing for the love of the game just because they like the competition and the camaraderie. And then I think some people are really trying to make it to the NBA. I don't think Jamar Crawford is in either three of those yeah. because he's going to play in the summer anyway. So he got the love of the game. And I don't think he's mismanaged his money, not that I would really know. And I also think that he chose to retire from the NBA at this point in time when he didn't have to. Um, as we're talking about the big three, I'm trying to check in on how Reds is doing. That's why, that's why I put it out like that. Come on now, my favorite hawk of all time. It's important. So th- this was as of yesterday. It, it's You know what's dope to see is just like that he's able to like talk. Like like I know it sounds silly to say, mm-hmm. but like be able to talk to the media, talk about basketball and like have that is big. You know, for him to be able to say stuff like it's important to really be honest about how you feel physically and what you're able to do lost some weight. So I actually feel a little more athletic. I can jump a little higher now. Like 
it's dope that he gets to like it's cool to see a video of him that's uplifting because it feels long overdue and it feels like he inside of his his psyche and in his body he still is the same person to a certain degree like i watched a video of him getting like warming up and he's playing in basically orthopedic shoes like he literally has straps on his shoes no laces and he was like yeah you know we call these i forgot what he said he said something like we call these the reach arounds or something like he was like yeah you know i'm out i'm out here giving it to people in knees like it was like i was like okay that's dope that's dope like we, we obviously we know that you don't have to wear those but the fact that you in your mind you're like man this is an advantage this ain't a disadvantage we out here and i'm like let's get it let's get it yeah that's, that's so shout out to delante man I, first I, I, jersey I ever own i gotta get another one Listen, man, I'm, I think the fact that – I think Delonte – it's interesting because I actually asked this when I worked at St. Joe's. I was like, why is there not like a 30 for 30 on our Hawks team? And apparently – I don't even know how I'm supposed to say this, but apparently it's because Phil Martelli sold the rights like right after it and they don't own the story. So the fact that like if you think who about it, it was never like hmm? – Who owns it? Whoever wrote the book. There's a book that came out after it. Uh, so whoever wrote that book owns the rights to it. So like it's amazing because you would think that this is a 30 for 30 waiting to happen. That undefeated team, kind of undefeated, kind of undefeated team, all the way fast forward to like, think about this, right? One of the smallest universities in the entire country that's a D1 program, one, is the number one basketball school in the entire country. That right there is a movie in itself. Fast forward a little bit, the two main players win every award possible that year for basketball players. Okay, fast forward then, they make it to the NBA at the same time. They both have extreme success and then the heartbreak starts. Jameer Nelson, no particular order. Jameer Nelson makes an all-star team and then tears his shoulder apart, so he never even gets to play in a game. That's, like, tragic yeah. right there. Delonte West literally is having mental health issues, driving around on a, on a, on a motorcycle with guns and a guitar case yeah. like a desperado. Obviously, something wrong. The whole thing with, with LeBron and them, allegedly, all of that. That could end the movie right there. And then you fast forward even more to what's going on with Delonte and his life and his possible comeback. And, and Jameer trying to coach at, and his son's playing ball now. Yeah, exactly. This and then somebody sprinkle in some Pat Carroll. Oh, you got you got to do more. You got to put you got to put a, a heap of Pat Carroll up in that. You know, what I mean, not even a sprinkle, a heap of Pat Carroll. So it's wild. And then Dwayne, and then also Dwayne Jones. Dwayne yep. Jones is known as the international man because he's played in almost every major country that has basketball because he was chasing his NBA dreams. And he was the center for that undefeated team. So there's a lot there. And then, oh, Astridge. Jawan Howard slapped somebody. So now Phil Martelli's coaching. Mitch. Like, it's like so many. And, oh, dude, if he beats, if when's that game? Is that tomorrow or Thursday? I think Friday? Dude, if they beat Nova too. Oh. Oh, Thursday night. God. Thursday night. Thursday? Yeah. Oh, Thursday, 730. My gosh. I might. Woo! I'll see oh, you this wow. weekend. We're, we're going to Larry's. Dude, so I was thinking about this. I was like, yo, UNC's playing in Philly. Like, this is happening. I'm like, what's my bank account looking like? <laughs> I just booked my flight down to uh, Texas in a couple months. So I, mm. I got to watch it for now. Oh, no, I looked at my bank account. I was like, don't you dare. I was like, you're right. My bad. I lost my head there. Yeah. I, I, I got to just keep putting it in IRA and just stop looking at it and then do, do the smart thing. Keep slumming, keep getting free food as much as I can. <laughs> oh yeah, where where's the Michigan Nova game? Oh, that's less exciting. San Antonio. Mm-hmm. Who who's UNC got next? 
we play um oh, I just looked at it too. Shout out to Unk. I think it's a two seat. Ukla. Four seat. Mm-hmm. Y'all just yeah, because y'all beat Baylor. Yeah, we beat Baylor. Who we playing? Ukla. I don't even know what you just said. UCLA. Yeah, like I knew I knew what you said, but I'm not gonna, we're not doing that. Um, okay. Uh, UCLA, I think, is the only college that has more of a prestigious history than UNC right now. Yeah, I'm about to, to buy this right now, by the way. I, I'm, I'm so I was like, I need to get a Jameer jersey again. So I have, I have like the cheap one they used to sell. Oh, maybe you got to get this. I think this is your size. Get the Chester PA practice jersey. <laughs> For sure, got some nice sweat in there. That's disgusting. Yeah, ain't no way that's sanitary. Fuck no, that's Is a staff infection being delivered to your house. Chester Clippers, who knew? I mean, clipping is what you say when you shoot somebody, so it makes sense. Chester hasn't been the nicest of areas. That's where my grandmother grew up. That's where Tyree Evans no, is from. My too. grandfather, grandfather grew up in Chester. That's a nice little three on three game. Your grandfather, Tyreek Evans, and Jim Marinoso. Hey, I don't know if my grandfather could hoop at all, but he doesn't really need to. Him, just, stand he, in the corner. just be yeah. there. <laughs> just be there for fouls and jump shots. Yep, emotional support. So, at what point do we just admit that we don't give a fuck about the world? I, I'm getting close. And I don't mean us as as individuals. Just I mean society, us as a collective. Or American. Yeah. Yeah. The society, the world. Think about this, right? Well, no, just, but, yeah. Just, just think about this. In the last month, three days, three okay. days, just three days, a 96-year-old Holocaust survivor was killed because they forced that person to leave their apartment because of the war in Ukraine and died. So the Holocaust couldn't kill this person. But this current war had a prolific effect on that person's health and that person's longer with us, right? The war in Ukraine is not only still going on, it is ramping up to the point where there was a a New York Times message that I got that said Putin has figured out smaller, more precise (laughs) nuclear weapons, which could make this even more interesting because they thought nuclear weapons weren't going to be used. But now there's a possibility. Okay, smaller. And then also like Suicide Squad. You dig me? And then also a fucking airplane crashes in China. And we all just like keep on keeping on. And there's been no survivors. And I believe they said 132 people have yep. died. Yeah. Um, well, my biggest thing is I'm starting to lose faith that America particularly will ever care because we haven't taken care of America. Like I, I saw someone say, if America saw what is happening in America, we would invade America to stop the tyranny on America from America. See, I disagree. I think it depends on which state. If this shit is happening in like North Dakota, we like, yo, good luck, North Dakota, figure it out. <laughs> but like Michigan, maybe, perhaps. Yeah, maybe. I feel, I feel like, but no I one's like giving a fuck about Michigan. They don't. They yeah. don't have drinking water. Yeah, nobody gives a fuck. It got to be like it can't even be a state. It got to be specific cities. Like if Detroit falls off again, we got to save Detroit. Flint is like, yo, good luck, Flint. Flint's not like that far off, though. Oh, I know. It ain't far <laughs> at all. I think it's like less than 100 miles, ain't it? It's not even <laughs> that. I didn't mean like population. Oh. What's the population of Flint? Uh, it's actually a little smaller. Than that, but it's, it's like a top five city, I think. Yeah, 66 miles northwest of Detroit. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it, ain't, it ain't far at all. 
to the 12th like largest if, city in Michigan that has like large if, cities. If Chester, PA was invaded, they'd be like, yo, we got to send troops to Philly. Like they wouldn't even like, be like yeah, we lost Chester. They wouldn't even, they wouldn't even yeah. pretend like it's still going to like, we lost Chester. What can uh, we do about Philly? The, the union had a good run. <laughs> Push them back over the river. Like you think you think if you think if if they invaded Lowell, Massachusetts, America's gonna be like, we gotta get the troops to Lowell. We'd be like, uh, Mickey, you're gonna have to take care of this one. They're gonna be like, that's crazy that Lowell fought them off by themselves. Head body, head body. Yeah, head body, head body. All rain gadgets. Yeah, we're talking about uh Philadelphia, like it's you know, like they literally bombed their own civilians. Like, this is what we do. Yeah, move. Look it up, people. Yeah. Literally. Was that 85? 85? Sorry. 84 or 85. One of those. Okay. Yeah. And you know, recently UPenn got in trouble because they had the, the remains of some of those people who were bombed and they were showing them on display in their museum. Literally last year, I think they, they stopped. Anything for a dollar. Shit is insane, man. So like even when people die, that's why, like for me, I actually really do care about the world. Like it is something that like it don't keep me up at night because I don't like to sleep anyway, but it's something that's on my mind all of the time. Mm-hmm. And the fact that like Things are happening so rapidly and so much destruction and then the finality of death. And if death ain't going to slow us up or stop us from like thinking, I don't know really what the next thing is supposed to be. I really don't. Yeah, no, it's a, it's a scary question. Like, and, and so here's kind of where I like, is it like, is it worth fighting the battle anymore? Is I think the tough part now. Cause it's like, is it something where at this point we should just be like, you know what? It is what it is and accept. Cause then, you know, I, I hate to feel like you're giving in there, but it doesn't seem like there's much option at this point. I, I look at it like this, what we care about and what we push out to the world need to align. So whatever we're choosing to do, that has to be what it is. Like, I don't want to hear that we're sending addition. I don't want to hear that we are sending money to help Ukraine fight mm-hmm. when in all actuality, if we really about that action, why are we not fighting Ukraine? Not that I'm saying I want American soldiers to do so, but if we have the capabilities, like we know we do to do drone strikes, which I'm not even saying I'm a fan of, but if we're letting thousands of Ukrainian people die when we could probably handle this with a push of a button, but we're hiding behind the fact that we got to let them fight their own wars when in all actuality, when have we ever let anybody who who could help us fight their own wars? Like when has that really ever happened? Yeah. I, I don't know. Cause I've, I've, I don't know. I, I'm very torn on these subjects. Cause it's like, I also believe, you know, it's tough when I'm talking about nuclear, you know, issues. I would just talk about like drones, not even nuclear yeah. weapons. I mean, like, but, but I, I just mean like, I wish that there was a way that we could be like, you know what? Every man for himself. Because I don't think we should be policing the world, we being America, as much as that has been the case. I completely like, I get agree. The National Guard. Go ahead. Yeah, the National Guard shouldn't be the International Guard. Like right. what happened to our 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 land and things like that. But this shows you how much we don't give a fuck about the world, right? <laughs> it's not funny, but it is kind of funny. If I told you, you know, a to professional get athlete, athlete laugh, laughing, I think. <laughs> if I told you an American professional athlete has been detained in a foreign land that is hostile to us and we are hostile to it. And that land is currently at war. Just that description, 
you would be like, we would do everything in our power to get our, our, our person back because we do not do not negotiate with terrorists. All Americans are American, even if they're not in America, all of this kind of stuff. And then when you hear that it's a WNBA player, when the last time you heard anybody say Brittany Griner's name? Everybody's like, yeah, that's crazy that she broke uh, the law over there. Her Probably her domestic like abuse situation, I think, was it. Mm-hmm. Is, isn't that shit crazy? It, that's a word for it. I'm just so, saying, man. And to me, you broke the law over there. You kind of got to figure it out over there. However, however, like I, I, I feel like if any male athlete from any of our major sports, even if we don't even, if fucking uh, Markel Fultz was detained in Russia, he would have been back by now. By the way, I love I love how we had a full discussion about Markel Fultz without ever actually saying his name. First time about high school churches like anyone else would know. <laughs> that, that just yeah. struck me now. <laughs> it's absolutely amazing. Absolutely amazing. And even the ones that you thought of, going back to that conversation, we're actually. 75% instead of 50 because Ben Simmons worked. So he worked. Ben Simmons is better than 85% of the NBA. He's probably better than that. Who else was in that draft class? Let's see. I, I just uh, want to oh, the Ben Simmons one? Yeah. It was, uh, hold on, before you say it, let me guess, let me guess, let me guess. The Ben Simmons draft was. I have a couple names in mind, but I don't know if I'm. It was um, what's his name? It was it was Malcolm Brogdon. Nope. You sure? Yeah. Because Malcolm hmm. Brogdon was because uh, that was the Embiid issue, right? No, 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 no. Embiid didn't play. So Malcolm Brogdon won Rookie of the Year over Embiid because Embiid didn't play for two years. So he won. Because Ben Simmons didn't play his first year. And then when he did play, Donovan Mitchell got drafted a year. Ben Simmons won rookie of the year, even though he skipped a year. Yeah, no. I I don't see Malcolm Brogdon here. Unless he was drafted way later than I thought. I think he's a second-round pick. Oh, you're right. Yeah, Malcolm Brogdon was in there. That's why I did. Oh, I was about to say, damn, man, my memory is getting shot. <laughs> I, thought, I thought he was like a, a lottery guy, like a oh, late no, lottery no. guy. Mm-mm. He wasn't supposed to. I mean, if you, I shouldn't say he wasn't supposed to be what he is, but they didn't think he was going to be what he was. What he ended up being. Okay, yeah, who, so Malcolm, who else you got in there? So Ben Simmons, Malcolm Brogdon, a lottery pick from that time was was that? Hold on, let me think. Was that before or after the Michigan bump? Which remember Michigan when Michigan bump? had all of those guys that came out like the Trey Burke of the world? Uh, oh no, this is after Trey Burke, but before after Trey Burke, like Trey Burke, Stauskas, that whole crew. Yeah, Glenn Robb the third, all that. Yeah, no, that this was after that. If I'm not, I'm fairly certain. Because the great thing about that, all of them played on the Sixers at some point. Stauskas, Glenn Robinson the third, like, and you guys, are, <laughs> you guys need to sign uh, Wayne Seldman and just fi- finish out the Tilton High School Big Three. I, I will die saying this. I will die saying this. If you go through the history of the Sixers, we have the greatest NCAA teams of all time. We got high school too, because you had Nerlens and. Uh, oh, we don't gotta do that. Don't don't do it to him like that, because we got Rasheed Wallace. You know what I'm saying? We don't gotta do that. But what I was gonna say is the crazy thing about that is you think he about it. For, JJ Redick, for the Sixers. I totally forgot about that. No, he didn't. He didn't play for the Sixers. I'm just saying, like we got oh, Rasheed Wallace. Philly. Yeah, we just we got, like we can't well, do I'm, high school. I'm gonna school t- I'm gonna take Rasheed for high school. Oh, you, he was like wilt out here. Like, uh, what do you want to do? Left hand, right hand? You gonna pass? You gonna? Yeah, no. He's on the Celtics all high school team. I mean, he has to be. Um, but 
I was I was saying uh, so that that draft Ben Simmons, Malcolm Brogdon. Okay, let me a quick count of the people drafted, mm-hmm. apart from Ben Simmons and Brogdon. Um, what was Brogdon's? Actually, no. So he was rookie of the year. So Brogdon has not made an All Star game. There's one, two, three, four, five, five players not named Ben Simmons. Sorry, six players not named Ben Simmons who were rookies that season. One of them was not drafted, so we'll keep him out. Was CJ McCollum in a draft? No, he he'd been out for a bit. He'd already beaten Duke. Fuck, my memory is 2016. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's way late. Uh, Lakers, Celtics had the second and third picks. Lakers and Celtics had the 2016. Oh yeah, Brandon Ingram. Yeah, that's one. Uh, Jalen Brown. Yeah, that's one. Uh, I feel like there was a Louisville player at some point in that draft. That was crushing in college. You say Peyton Siva or something? Peyton Silva? No, it's not him. <laughs> <laughs> I, I know it wasn't him. I was like, Peyton I don't Silva, think, the, I don't like, think there is. There's a, there's a forward from Washington. G-Dub or sorry, or yeah, or sorry a, a, um, a guard from Washington. It's always a guard from Washington, man. Come on. <laughs> still in the league. I think he was an all-star this year. This year from Washington? I think so. He's still with the same team. NBA All-Star, first NBA All-Star game, 2022. Yeah, how about that? Not even been watching. Holy shit. Hold on. I got to think of – no, no, I'm thinking about this one. No, no, I can't fuck this one up. I, I, I can give you an easy one if you want. Was he – Was he? all right, was he a replacement or was he voted in? You're asking me. Um, name to his first All-Star game. I don't see here. Roster selection. So a guard from G-Dub. No, not G Dub, not G Dub, not G Dub. Oh, U Dub. That's that's right. Oh. Huskies. Yeah. Okay. U Dub. Twenty sixteen. All Star this year. This is gonna bother me. This is gonna fucking bother me. Uh no. So it looks like he was a replacement for Draymond Green. Mm. I, don't, I don't know if me saying that helps in any way. DeJounte Murray. Yep. Woo! Okay, now... He was my dude, too, because he's lanky as shit. Great defender. Now he finally can score. Yeah, so he was drafted 29th in the first round. Mm-hmm. 11th overall. 11th overall, there was a big man drafted who has made an all-star game. Was Sabonis in that draft? Yep. Woo! <laughs> and then, Let's go. There were two people that were picked up by the same team, one in the draft, one as an undrafted free agent, who both made all-star games with, I believe, the same team. For sure, one. The other one, yeah. One of the Pacers. No. No, sorry, no. No, different team. Okay. Different team. Both of them have made the all-star game with this team. One, again, was an all-star this year. Mm. Oh, uh, Fred Van Vliet. That's one. And then the other one was undrafted, you said? No, no Fred Van Vliet he, was undrafted. He, he, was, the undrafted, he was undrafted. Yeah. And then one was drafted. Pascal Siakam? Yep. Let's go! It took, it took you a while to get in, like, the right 
the right year. year. Yeah. I was like, year was that? Like, like, when did CJ McCollum come out? Because I want to say that was like 2014, maybe. That, that might have been 2011. Like, he's 30 years old. Yeah, it might have been 2011. Um, 2013, yeah. 2013, yeah. Because yeah. I was in college right after. Actually, I was in college watching him, so I should have known that. Yeah. Because he was at, what, Lehigh, right? Lehigh, mm-hmm. Had that one picture of him. <laughs> and those brown jerseys. I almost copped the uh, Lehigh jersey. And I was like, these jerseys literally are the color of Hershey. Who, 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 is, the, who is the legendary dude from uh, St. Bonaventure? With that one picture. Oh, with the long shorts? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I actually that's, have his picture that's right such here. such an randomly. A-10 pull that, like, no one's going to appreciate. But that's one of the oh great pictures in the history of college basketball. Dude, I think of long I... when you think of long shorts, who's the first person you think of other than Allen Iverson? Probably him. Like, if I'm being the, honest, the like, Bonnie's dude? long or anybody from the N1 mixtape tours. Okay. I feel like that's the, like the that... first one that I think of, and, and this is this is a poll as well, is Tyrese Rice. Wow. Tyrese Rice. Yeah, he was wow. cooking dudes. Dog, that's a pull pull. <laughs> South Pole. Damn. Tyrese Rice. I haven't heard that name in a minute. It, those teams, by the way, for like random like NBA talent or random pro talent, those like couple years of BC teams were crazy stacked. Those it's, couple years of BC. So they had Sean mm-hmm. Williams. They mm-hmm. had Jared Dudley. They had Craig Smith. Who, that's another random name. Yep, that is that same dude? Sean Green. Marquise Green. Marquis Green, man. Good for him. He got inducted into the St. Bonnie's Hall of Fame last year. That's like one of my favorite things that ever come out. Like, it was like, let me read you what they said. <laughs> uh, said hold on. By the way, Tyrese Rice it. was still playing as of a couple years ago. I can believe it. Oh, I'm trying Tyree to see Rice if he nice. ever uh, played with John Diebler. Very important. The Deebs. He was he was uh, MVP of the basketball tournament in 2021. For real? Yeah. <laughs> Shout out to that man. Yeah, that, that I love uh, when those guys keep balling out. Let's see, let me pull that that team. Uh, let's see. So 2007, let's say 2007 Boston College, BC basketball. This is a random team that I grew up watching and I just haven't thought about in a long time. Damn. Like, I, like I'm remembering some of these names that, like, weren't even, you know, this is going to sound super dis- – did Tyrese not cross over, maybe? This is going to sound very disrespectful, but, like, I'm remembering these names of people that, like, never went on to do things in basketball, but I remember, like, little stretches of them being good. Oh, Corey Raji, that's another one. I feel like basketball is the only sport where, like, if you're – basketball is, is, like, is like fighting in the street. It don't matter who won. Imagine who swung first. So, like, yeah. you could have got your ass beat, but it's you swung the, first. It's the Nate Diaz, Leon Embers. No. The Nate Diaz – no, but, like, Nate Diaz won in the court of, like, public memory. So, Tyrese Rice played with Reggie Jackson, too. I forgot about that. So it must have been before that. How long has Jared Dudley been in the league? Oh, 
Oh, man. Yeah, it goes back further than that. So, yeah, they had Tyrese Rice, Jared Dudley, Shimon Spears. That's a name. They had a lot of ties on this team. There was four people. Four people on, on this random BC team. This is, this is an all-name team. So, they had four people whose first name started with Ty. And they had multiple Shans and a Shamari. Mm-hmm. Some weird recruiting. But average height of 6'6", six, six, I feel like is crazy for BC. Also, Tyrese Not Rice really. in my brain was like 5'6", and he was 6'1". No, I don't, I don't even think that's crazy for BC because BC never Still really ACC. had... I mean, they never really had... They were known for like their wing players and their big men for a long time. So like having yeah, big players, just the, the range surprise. is crazy on this. Like Tyrese Rice was the shortest player by two inches to the next closest guy at six one, and they didn't have anyone over. They had one guy who was six eleven. Mm-hmm. So it's like they they just had wings. And that team Sean also Marshall, didn't. That was another one. Yeah. He, and that team also didn't even do that much. So it's crazy too because they had all that talent and they were okay, but. Yeah, it wasn't what it was supposed to be. Who they, is this the year they lost to Kyle Lowry? Maybe I, I, that's, when, that's when I started hating Kyle Lowry. Was when they lost. I think even though Lowry played for Nova, I never hated him. North Philly, baby, we out here. Well, I think that's why I had to hate him. Was I was brainwashed by my father at a young age to hate Villanova. Oh, no, I hated Villanova at the time. Yeah, no, BC lost the year before to Villanova uh, in overtime. Round of 32? Um, Sweet 16, I think. Okay. Yeah, because yeah, three games in March, and one was from someone in the Big West, so that sounds about right. So, B- mm. yeah, BC was a four seed that year. Okay. Because, like... That's respectable for a Boston College basketball team ever. They went 28 and 6 in 05 06. It's not bad. I'll take mm. that. So, who's on this team? And then we can go back to talking about literally anything else. Um, yeah, it's Craig Smith, Jared Dudley, Tyrese Rice, Sean Williams. Boone was on that team, wasn't he? Who? Jared Boone. Um, no, he was at, he was a UConn dude, no? Mm. There's Josh Boone because it was a Boone that went to Boston Josh College. Boone, supposed to go to Josh Boone went to UConn. Not Josh Boone, I don't think. I think there's a because there's a Boone that was supposed to go to St. Joe's that ended up going to BC. Let me look it up. Also, just realizing that we've been paying attention to basketball longer than I remember that I've been paying attention to basketball in my life. It sucks you in, man. It sucks you win. Oh, yeah, maybe you're right. I think it was Josh Boone. He was supposed to go to UNC. He was supposed to go to SJU the same year Jameer was in and was there. So imagine if we would have had him and he flipped and went to UConn, which I probably would have done too. But Yeah, you know, I, I can't say that that was a bad choice. So who, who's the pick right now? Who do you feel like having watched the tournament a bit, who's taking it? 
Well, I have two dollars on any ACC team to win, which would give me two hundred dollars if I won. <laughs> and then I also put a dollar, and of course I put a dollar on my Tar Heels, which would give me thirteen dollars if I won. So you know, I mean, we out here, but even beyond the bets, I don't really know who I have winning it. I think that, sadly enough, it might end up being chalk in the Final Four, except for the one team that the UNC Tar Heels knocked the fuck out. Fuck out of here, Baylor Bears. Um, Second and also feel good as a Texas fan too. In my mind, Texas won too. So like in my mind, I was like, yeah, double up, bitch. So I don't know. I think I might end up being chalk because I'm just not. I'm just not impressed by college basketball this year You're when not it comes to with the their performance. It's is definitely one of those things where when you look at the teams, it's like, okay, who is going to do what and where, and how many people do you actually know? And I think that this is one of those years where there's a lot of people watching. Not saying that's not, but I don't think a lot of people are caring about it the way it should, even though this is one of the cra- more crazy March Madnesses that we've had in the last 10 years. I mean, I've, I've, I've tried to pay attention, but I just end up doing other things. I mean, but the, the, I think the thing that takes a lot of people out of it is that statistically speaking, March Madness ain't really that mad. Like when you look at it so often, is it that you can predict? Yeah. Like most of it. No, I think March Madness has never had a, had a team win who was lower than like a six seed. That's why like the Baylor runs were, or sorry, not Baylor, the Butler runs were so much fun. And because nobody could tell you where Butler was. Yeah. It, it kind of did lose some luster once you realized it was Indiana. 100%. 100%. 100%. 100%. Because it's, a basketball. Like, oh, it's on, a basketball place. Yeah. Yeah. The basketball. Like, I'm, I'm looking at it now. Um, and it says, and of course, is is this team, which makes me want to gag a little bit. But uh, the lowest seed to ever win an NCAA tournament, of course, was Villanova when they beat Georgetown. No, it was Villanova when they beat Georgetown. Yeah. Makes sense. Yeah, and they were sorry, they were AC. Yeah, so no team lower than the AC has ever won, and only one team that was an AC I think has ever won, and that was that one time. Yeah, I mean, I guess it is why we love the story so much of Loyola or a school of that nature. But you're right, most times it ends up being chalk. Do we love a story of Loyola or do we love the one Sister time Jean. that this, no, the one time it was told, like, I honestly don't give a fuck right now about Sister Jean. No offense, Sister Jean, but like, she gave a pep talk. Yeah, that time has passed. Like, I mean, her I time know, passed a long time ago. And I don't know if anybody's really rooting. I mean, as a, as a Jesuit educated person, yeah, we're rooting for like a Jesuit school to a certain extent, but I didn't even know who they were playing. I was like, oh yeah, oh cool. They're still they're back in the tournament. Like it kind of, I think the great thing about March Madness was that, like, you get runs from people you don't expect, like that Florida uh, Coast, Florida Gulf Coast run. Dunk like, City. Uh, was it? Yeah, it was just like, oh, cool. And then they made it to the tournament again. But, like, it would never be like that one time that they made it when nobody knew who they were. And I think that that's what makes it real, real dope. When you keep continuing, because I think part of it is if you keep making it to the tournament, but you don't really go far, you kind of do a disservice to the one time that nobody knew who you were and you made a run. It sounds weird, but I know I know – financially that don't make sense i know logically that don't make sense but if like st joe's i don't think people realize st joe's university has been in a tournament way more historically than you might believe and that was all the way back in like the 50s and the 60s and like if you look at the movie glory road we're in the movie like it shows Mm -hmm. st joe's moving on to like i was like oh shit we've been rocking for a minute 
you know so it's it, it's dope so yeah, we have like those a mike banton bam days like Bantam. so yeah so i i don't know i, I think that it, it really does do a disservice to a certain extent because you lose your your because you don't really have real fans you have people who are fans for the moment right and if they keep seeing you who cares i i do you think brackets have been good or bad for the tournament I think brackets have been great for the tournament when it looks balanced. Like if you're looking around and you're like, this is the third best team in the entire country, but they have the hardest bracket. How does that make sense? And why are you giving the best team in the entire country the easiest bracket? Like if you really think about it, it almost feels like we're we're, we're punishing a number one seed for being the third best number one seed or the fourth best number one seed. But the one who you thought was the number one seed, which has no, it's just all people guessing and voting and saying their eye test. So if you're telling me that Duke is the best team in the country and UNC is the fourth best team in the country, says who? What if we didn't play? So I think that you, at the end, we do about regions, which I think used to be a big thing. But now with everybody being able to travel, I don't know if regions really matter anymore. I don't know if Villanova has to play in Pittsburgh. I don't know, like... You know what I mean? Like the one weird year when St. Joe's was in fucking California, it was like, what the fuck is this? Or, or Spokane. Oh, yeah, yeah. Spokane, Washington, all that. It's so I don't. Hmm? I'd say that Spokane year was fun, though. Oh, that's what Spokane was dope, and we should have beat UConn. No, that that was Buffalo. Spokane was uh, Zeke hitting the game winner on Cincy. Who and did we lose to? Oregon. Oh, Oregon. We, we were up like 20, I think, and Dylan Brooks and that crew came back. And I'll kind of hate him a little bit always for it. Shout out to Dylan Brooks, just because. No real ties to him, nor do I care what he's doing in Memphis. But, hey, shout out to you. I, I was going to say, yeah, is there something I don't know about? But No, not at all. Just care. a reminder of where St. Joe sits and all of the people transferring. I still got four years of eligibility. Oh, Oh, and uh, starting June 1st, I am the co-chair of the athletic uh, of the alumni board for athletics. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Wait, what? Yeah. Yeah. Wait, what? work is in, baby. What is the, what does this entail? I'm, I'm... You'll get emails. You'll get emails. Don't worry. You'll get some From emails. you? Probably. Yeah. Yeah, ain't that crazy? Look at like I be doing stuff and don't even be saying nothing. And then I'm like, so, oh, yeah, so are we? When are we getting the India tour together? Hmm? When, when are we getting like the India Philippines uh, national team tour together? Listen, man, my term don't start till June first, and I got to be in it for two years. So we gonna get that thing cracking. I mean, all of this max exit is from St. Joe's basketball. I feel like I can at least recruit some North Philadelphians. Please do. Oh, for sure, for sure. I mean, I can we get rid of Billy Lang, or are you? On board, no comment. Okay. I plead the fifth, sir. All, all five of <laughs> five, but yeah. So, uh, it's myself and a former cheerleader. We're going, we're co, uh, we're co, uh, like from your members. time, or no, she graduated in 18, I think. Who is it? I mean, uh, we, Kelly. Yeah. Um, let me see your last name. So, I don't want to dox anyone, but, but she spells Kelly like K E L L I E. Let me see. Uh, Meg. So Kelly Barnes. Can't say it rings a bell.
That's dope, though. I, I expect big things, so I expect results. What, what is there a first order of business determined yet, or, or where are we at? Uh, that meeting should be coming this week. I think, yeah, either Thursday, Friday, or sometime, hopefully Thursday or Friday, but if not Thursday or Friday, sometime early next week, we're, we're having that meeting with the person who's in the role right now, who actually created the role, um, and Kelly and myself. And I was, like, actively recruited by, like, the one of the heads of the alumni board who I didn't even know. <laughs> I was like, See, th this feels like a new, more adult version of you being racially profiled by a professor, though. Uh, <laughs> I feel like if they wanted to racially profile somebody uh, for the athletics, they could have picked somebody who wasn't 5'8, has no knees and no. <laughs> yeah, but you could be like a good jockey or something, you know? No, I couldn't. That's like 4'8. <laughs> You'd be like a good Formula One driver there. I weigh 200 pounds. I feel like you got to be between like the 150 to 160 range. <laughs> Those guys look yeah. teeny. That's, and they have to weigh more at the start of the, uh, the season oh, yeah. as well. Yeah. I feel, is Formula One the male version of cheerleading? Even though I know there's male cheerleaders and I know there's female drivers not in Formula One yet, but like in general. How um, it's so, why it's so why is on. that the – oh, just because it's so strict on your body and stuff? So strict on your body. You have to use your team even when you don't probably want to. Your livelihood is in people's hands, literally. And you have to work together with people who are on the same track as you, a.k.a. on the same mat as you. Even if, technically speaking, you're running the same race or you're racing the same race, you know who's supposed to win and who isn't. It's an interesting comparison. And you get cut. <laughs> <laughs> I I don't really know. It's a never thought about that comparison before. Look at this parallels, the parallels. But you know, it's, it's, is it it is is it as bad as like weight cutting in fighting? But I well, guess there cutting, you don't have to well, weight depend cutting on other people. So. Well, weight cutting in fighting is kind of a myth because you don't have to keep it off. That's true. I think that's the difference. I think that boxing had it right for those few years where like if you actually had to cut weight, you had to be Water within like five pounds of what you weighed in during fight day. Like you yeah. couldn't just be like, I'm 30 pounds heavier. And it didn't last long because people were like, fuck that. But like, I think that's the way it should be. Where like you get, I don't think this is right, but you get weighed as a cheerleader probably like every week. Yeah. No, I, I guess the interesting one, because they're also both um, athletic endeavors that people are like, oh, that's not that difficult. Mm -hmm. And you realize it's insanely difficult and demanding on the body. Mm -hmm. Yeah, it's, yeah. there's there's certainly some parallels, probably. So I got an email from from that job when I was yeah. looking for Kelly's name. Mm -hmm. What do you think is that? Something good? I didn't. I no 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 no. Don't be fishing. I asked you what you think it's at. Um, I think it says, "Can we call you tomorrow?" That's actually really good. It said, "Can we set up a follow up uh, call?" Yeah, um, see, I'm, I'm Zoom. That was good, man. That was good. <laughs> Look at you. <laughs> so they're not going to give you the offer via email. Shit, you never know, man. I mean, hey, you know, you might want it, but sometimes it's nice to see that number. <laughs> uh, it'll be interesting. What if, <laughs> what if we set up the meeting right and they'd be like, listen, we want you to know 
we only have two hundred thousand dollars for this position. I know it's not what it should be. I'd be like, who's that? And I, the, I would say, we, well, what do you think it should be? And how how quickly can we get up to that number? Oh no, no, I'll be like, you say only two hundred thousand. That's it. So you telling me in an income tax free state, all you can give me is two hundred thousand dollars? Okay, what are the other perks we're offering here? Like, can I get like a little like, package? Uh, <laughs> I was I was talking to one of my colleagues, um, one of my old leaders that took a job <laughs> at one of the branches. And it's much more sales oriented. I was like, I don't think I could ever do that. And she started telling me like, well, this is kind of what the base salary looks like. It's like, okay, I guess I could see that how I can take that. Maybe. <laughs> yo, yo, wait, 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 wait. This is something that we should talk about right now. I was actually telling somebody who was this. I was telling one of my students, right? Like one of my older students. And I was like, I was like, you've probably, I told her like, she, she's a, a woman. And I was like, you've probably never met a young male who was decisive in his decision-making based upon his own morals and values. And she was like, what do you mean? And I was like, think about this. And when we were growing up in school, you can be like, yo, Ivan, what you think about Becca? And you'd be like, yo, Becca's kind of annoying, dude. Like she'd be raising her hand all the time. She'd be kicking my chair. I'd be like, oh, that's what well, she kind of told me you like you. You know, Becca's just misunderstood, man. I think we need to get Becca a chance like there's this. Like a, there's, well, there's a practicality to decision-making, you know? <laughs> <laughs> I, I feel like, like I, I feel like I usually thing. use my morals. Like I, I still don't think I would enjoy the the job as much as other things, but I don't enjoy this job probably as much as I would enjoy other things. You dig me? So like I think guys, or not not even guys, males. I think males have this this innate nature to make sense of anything. Like anything, it's like, people, like, like it's, it's what I do. I play devil's advocate to literally everything. Dude, like what's the good? What's the bad? Dude, like think I about can this. argue for either side. A male would be like, yo, why'd you cheat on your spouse? You'd be like, because they thought I was cheating. So, you know, I just figured like I might as well give them what they want. And I was like, what? <laughs> that, that was like, uh, that, that reminds me of something I saw on Twitter. I was just scrolling through it like an hour ago. And it was <laughs> this video. Girl's like, so, like, you can't understand why I'd be upset about, like, you having, like, girl, female friends. He's like, yeah, like, I mean, we're just, we're way too old and mature to be dealing with this toxic, controlling stuff. And she's like, so you wouldn't care if I had male friends? He's like, well, that's different because I know they all want to fuck you. <laughs> <laughs> you gotta make the sense of I'm looking summer. out for you, baby. <laughs> yeah. You know? Yeah. So you and me. It's us. Yeah. Yeah. I can't. I trust you. I don't trust them. Oh, man. So we so would justify you, anything. Did you, uh, did you watch the Bahrain Grand Prix at all? Yeah. I sent you a picture. Did you? Yeah. I sent you a picture when they were, when it, uh, like 30 minutes before it was started. And I showed you I was tuned in. Oh, that's right. You did. So what did yeah. you think? I'd forgotten yeah. you'd done that. Yeah. I, it was interesting because, like, in the beginning of the race. Clearly, I was correct in what I said. Where I said I was so amped up that I just straight up forgot that you even sent it. To you me. literally just completely ignored <laughs> that. I was like, I literally sent you a picture. Um, I, I thought it was interesting because I thought the beginning of the race, I was like, oh, some some people are like having a hard time out here. And then literally, I would say once they hit that first pit, shit changed real drastically. I was like, yeah. oh, this is a different level. Like when when Hamlin, because Hamilton was struggling, he was struggling real yeah, the hard. Car's not became, quite there yet. And then. He went from like 12 to like third in like a strong six minutes. I was like, what yeah. the fuck is going on? Dude, and what what they did with the cars, like the new regulation with the that was supposed to make overtaking easier, the battle between Verstappen and Leclerc that went on for like four straight laps yeah. was yeah. so like, and I love that uh, Leclerc after the race was like, 
you know, I, I was intentionally falling into second every single time at that turn just so I could do it again three turns later. So, yeah, it was absolutely on purpose. I think it's interesting, too, because at least watching that race, there has to be, I think, and I don't know any of the other tracks well. I mean, the only tracks that I ever really knew growing up were the ones in Italy specifically. But it's that course, that track specifically, it felt like you couldn't be aggressive in the lead. You have to be conservative in wherever you're sitting because it was so easy to wreck when you're trying to change, when you're trying to pass yeah. somebody in that it, specific it, uh, one. Uh, my like the way that the turns were like, like, it's a pretty notoriously tough to pass track. Mm-hmm. It looked like that because like you would see it is just like, I'm either going to be like, I'm in second and this is where I'm at. Or I'm going to be like, we both might wreck, but it's worth it. Yeah. Well, that, that was like uh, Botas had that one take in the one turn where it's like, no one ever tries to overtake there. And he's like, oh, I'm just going to die from the inside. We'll see what happens. Yeah, that was it was it was interesting. No, I, I thought it was. I also like the fact that I think what, it was only two hours. Yeah, it's usually about what it is. Yeah, like I'm, I'm always I think any sporting I think almost every sporting event should only last two hours. It Fully agree. Like I, I love baseball and the fact that it has no clock, but. The one mm-hmm. thing I love most about soccer and now kind of Formula One is like I can turn it on and feel pretty good about knowing exactly when I'll be able to turn it off. Obviously, and if, if I, Formula One has like weather delays or red flags, that's hard to account for. Mm-hmm. But like with soccer, it's like, yeah, I know I'm going to turn this game on at 10 at noon. It's going to be over. And the, the only thing about baseball that I would say for me, the only times in which I'm OK with baseball might be lasting three to ten hours. It's only three times of the year. Opening day. Give me as much as I give me as much as I can. Give it all to me. I liked it. Let's do it. Let's do it. I think. Yes, 100 percent October. And then and then one for me that always stands out is when the weather permanently flips everywhere. Like that little crossover where it's like because the beginning of the season is cold and half of the fucking teams. Mm. It might be raining. It might still be snowing for whatever reason. But that flip like around like May, June. Yeah. Ooh, that's a different level. I, I was going to throw another one out there. Um, Sunday matinee games. You get that 105 start where you're like, I'm not mm-hmm. doing, I'm not putting anything else in my afternoon, so this can take as long as it wants. I'll get home. You know what? I, I'll give you that. Yeah. So it's four, it's four times. Yeah, I'll give you that. But like football, I tell well, people all the time. Yeah, football the other is the thing, worst with, the other thing with baseball and Formula One kind of has this too. They don't pretend to have a clock is the no. thing. Like football and basketball too, it's like you have a clock, it should take this long. Mm-hmm. Whereas, you know, Formula One or baseball, it's like, okay, we, we have this many innings, we have this many laps. That, you know, we kind of know how long that will take, but we don't mm-hmm. pretend that there's some clock that we're adhering to that we're really not. Mm-hmm. So I, I think that's part of the issue as well. So what is the next miscellaneous sport that you think you're going to be attracted to? Me? Um, I don't know. I'm pretty content with where I'm at right now. Irish no hurling, I, Irish hurling, I could get back into. Okay, okay. No billards. Uh, snooker. How do you feel about people? This is it just me or does snooker kind of feel like a slur of some kind? I'm pretty sure it is. That's why I haven't repeated you. How do you feel about? <laughs> how do how do you feel about or the snooker? Sports? That's what it is. Which also feels worse. Once again, still <laughs> not going to repeat you. Uh, how do you feel about the sports? that are sports you know you can compete in but you refuse to put the time and effort in like what 
feel like those like are the things that I'm walking. most willing. Oh. Like power walking. Well, that's just cardio. I, I'm, I couldn't compete in that. I'm not good enough at it. Weightlifting. I don't. Mm-hmm. I just don't want to look like a weightlifter. Oh no! I, once again, you don't want to put the effort. I, yeah. I'm openly saying, like, but I also, I, I, do. I don't view the rewards as worth it. Archery. Oh, I yeah, for sure would do that. Yes, I, I know. But like, how do you feel about the sports? Where once again, that you know you could do, but you don't want to put the effort. Oh, in. I, I'd like, put the effort in if I had a, if I had legit archery setup. I, like my friends that have a house up here this summer, we're putting together an archery setup. I will be arching. Mm-hmm. Okay. Also, do they say I'm arching? Is that I don't think I don't think I've ever heard that ever. Yeah, no, that's a word for it. I'm arching. It's much easier. Well, there's there's other connotations to what that can mean, but um, you know, I th- why can't it just be I'm shooting? Like, I'm shooting bow and arrows, or I'm just shooting, shooting arrows no, shooting from my bow. I'm shooting. You know why? Because nobody says I'm shooting bullets. You just say I'm shooting. Well, I think that's I think that's the issue. Is you want to be separating yourself from the fire? You could be shooting hoops. That too. They could be shooting goals. But usually I'll say I'm hooping. Soccer balls. Huh? Usually I'd, I would say I'm hooping or I'm golfing. No, 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 no. That's different though. To me, that's different too. I think if you're hooping, you're playing against other people. Oh, see, I don't, shooting I don't around, necessarily say that. I think if you're golfing, you're playing the course. I don't think you just have to drive. Get some ring. shots up. Yeah, I'm getting some shots up. That could be arching. <laughs> I'm getting some shots up. Yeah. Um, get that hot guy. a reminder. That's just a reminder that we have to think Africa again because the greatest weapon ever created was a spear. And that's all uh, an arrow is. It's just a smaller version of a spear. So shout out to the Africans. Like Marshawn said. What what else has happened in the last week? (laughs) Oh, Patty Patty the Batty? Molly McCann? mm, Yeah. I still don't believe in Patty the Batty, but... Was that well where where does that rank on we because we were talking about it literally while watching the Molly McCann fight about how like mm-hmm. there aren't that many examples of female fights where someone's just been Duh. laid out in a crucifixion type of knockout. Gone. Yeah, that was and that's it happened. We were saying, is that top five ever? Yeah, yeah, it has to. I think it has to be. Yeah. They usually stop it before it ever gets that bad with women's right. fights. But then you get something like like I think this happened today actually with, with Jorge and Kobe. That and did Kobe in, yeah, and apparently Jorge cracked his teeth. Yep, sure did. Which he said he was going to do. Sure did. So this is my question for you. He also got charged with felony battery, but yeah, I saw that. This is what I, this is my question for you. Do you at this point, after Jorge has been street Jesus, as we know before he was in the UFC, but then he's also fought multiple people outside of the ring, and at least from the footage we've seen. Not saying Kobe today, but just in general, is usually not like we're about to fight. He just takes off on you. Are we giving him more respect for fighting outside of the ring? Or are we looking at it as you can't beat these people when you're in the ring? So the only chance you have is outside of it. I kind of look at it that way. Because it's he's it's very different than the Diaz's. Mm-hmm. I, mean, I, th- I think that's the barometer of respecting when they just do silly shit outside the octagon silly shit um, Watch him off, <laughs> no i mean that the best way like did, did i send you the uh i think it was shane gillis the comedian talking about oh, i saw it i definitely yeah. saw that yeah that yeah. was me <laughs> yeah, i was talking shit yeah he was man he was <laughs> <laughs> 
Yeah, man, totally. <laughs> yeah, man, totally. Yeah, I just love that he's oh, like man. hanging out with Nate Diaz is just he's as awesome as seltzer. you want it to be. Yeah, <laughs> shotgunning and something. Hey, man, get this guy one. <laughs> <laughs> hey, man, get this motherfucker one. <laughs> oh yeah, he's, he's, like, he's, he's like he just front kicked a stranger. <laughs> yeah, he just front kicked a stranger. Yeah, those guys are talking shit. But yeah, yeah just, they were. <laughs> like, it's just like affirmative. Yeah. But uh, like, yeah, but like that's, yeah. but like they haven't really caused like, like they're about it. Yeah, I, I think there's a, an element of when you're the one jumping someone versus when, like, and causing serious bodily harm. But I, but I also think that I've never heard, and maybe you have, maybe you have. I give you your credit. You were like, I was on Nick. I was on Nick like when he first right before he came to the UFC. Like I saw his fights right before he came to the UFC and that's when I got on. Nate, I was on like right before the Conor fight. Like right before yeah. the first one, I was like, oh, I like this guy. So I got to ask you this. I've never heard Nick or Nate talk about what they do in the streets. They just talk about if you anytime, anyplace, anywhere where Jorge is just like. Well, that's the thing. That's what I was going to say. It's like they, like they'll, they'll probably do plenty of that stuff like the Nate story. Where like they just mm-hmm. mess around and like, but like, I don't think they're ever out there, especially to hurt another. I don't think they're out there to hurt people. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think they're to hurt people, but not civilians. But, right, like not in not in civilian <laughs> situations unless the occasion calls for it. Mm-hmm. But jumping someone doesn't isn't really an occasion that calls for it. Okay, but I'm also option. not. I'm not also not someone to tell a man how to get about his business with another man. So I was about to say third option though. Or do we give Jorge more respect because he did exactly what he said he was going to do? Because he, yeah, no, he, no he's a man of his word. I, I can't push back on that. And, you know, Colby should know at this point that Jorge's a man of his word. Where do they both go from here? Because Colby can't beat Uzma. I mean, anybody can be beat. Colby ain't being Uzma. Jorge might get cut. Because what's the next fight for him? A rematch yeah. against Nate? Yeah. Yeah, that's not going to move the needle. Leon Edwards is already too far past him at this point where it even matter. Yep, he's getting the title he shot. Deserve it. Yeah, allegedly. We have one of them it. fight Hamza, Until he gets maybe. his title shot, I don't believe he's getting it by the way. Until he yeah. gets his yeah, title well, that, that's what I said. I said there was literally a video this week of Dana White talking with Leon Edwards like, hey, man, thanks for waiting it out. Congrats, you're getting the next title shot, which means that within the next month, I anticipate them saying, all right, next fight, Kamaru Usman, Conor McGregor. Mm-hmm. <laughs> So, so you know, this was the, yeah. this was a discussion. If Connor fights for the 170 belt, he's not beating Usman, mm-hmm. but if he did, is he the weirdest all time great status ever? No. Where it's like he has he won three belts, never defended any of them, but he has three belts, and he's the only one that mm-hmm. can have that. Mm-hmm. The only reason I say no is because before the weird shit happened, he had a, a pretty solid legacy. So mm-hmm. like all of the stuff that he did during the UFC before the UFC has come up all he had like a very very solid career before all of the wacky shit happened so I would say no to that and the only other reason I would say no to that is because I think the real answer is probably John Jones like that really might be the like the main like it, all of the shit that he did been through all the kind of stuff and then he still arguably has never lost a fight no that, and, I, I still would say he's never lost a fight 
There were some iffy ones at the end of his. Oh, oh, uh, oh I, 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 yeah. I thought you meant like because. Oh, the one. Yeah, yeah, we had that, that. That's what that's what I meant shit. more. Yeah, yeah, no, yeah, no. He he's lost a couple in my eyes from watching them. But. Mm-hmm. Or or another flip side is it is it one of the the women champions who were like pioneers, and then like it Ronda. just passed them. Yeah, like when you look back at it, that looks more iffy. And well, that's cool. what I was saying. She was the only one when we were talking about like where someone's just gotten like ragdolled. The only one? Well, no, hmm. but like on the female side, it was like when I think I know, of yeah. like that one-sided dominant of a oh finish. no, oh no. Remember when? Uh, fuck. She is. She just retired. Actually, I think it was. It was when um, Amanda Nunes full. This was like a year ago. Was it Lauren Murphy? No, it wasn't Lauren Murphy. It was oh like, like, no, no, but I, I meant like a quick finish one. Yeah. Oh, so, so the, you said ragdoll. Yeah, that was no, that, terrible. That was, or was it Felicia Spencer? Felicia Spencer, yes. Yeah, yeah. Felicia Spencer. She just retired. Heart of gold, allegedly. All like, but like that was a fucking yeah. Beat. No, but like the one Damn. I was talking about was like when Rhonda fought Alexis Davis, who charged her. Mm-hmm. She flipped her on her head yeah, and then just her. punched her face in yeah. for fifteen seconds, and it was over. I was like, that was. But I would say. But I will say that Felicia Spencer one felt like it that felt was like Calvin she, Cater. That was Calvin Cater. Like, for I'm about me. to say it felt like she felt full blessed. Like it was like, God damn, somebody yeah. stopped. It. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Her face isn't on right. Like her face just right. went upside yeah. down. What are we doing here? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, it was crazy. That was that was that might have been the biggest blitzkrieg I've ever seen in women's MMA at a, at a championship level. I'm, I'm, what about Amanda Ronda? I mean, that one was quicker, but that was quicker. But I mean, like a blitzkrieg where it was just like. Yo, this ain't right. Like, it, yeah. like Amanda Ronda, like Felicia Spencer, probably should have never been in there, but she earned it, right? Yeah. So we were like, "Where's the, where's the drop off?" Ronda earned her, like, yo, you got to give her her shot again. Like, it is what it is to a certain extent, but like, she got hit one time, four seconds into that fight, and yeah. was on a different planet. Yes. So like, that was terrible. That might have been like the the most jaw dropping. Oh shit, it's over outside of Holly Holmes' leg kick. But like, what happened? Because Felicia Spencer just kept going forward it was like yeah we here and it was like but should you be but yeah, should you no, that, that's why it was like the cater one yeah yes 100 i was like i literally i was, about, I was literally about to say it's like she full blessed <laughs> like i was yeah. like that shit is insane what happened to that woman's face so, so what we have what do we have coming up and i think and she retired because of concussions i think like i think yeah, she's like worried about CTE. probably from that fight yes so oh did you see peter yon's corner by the way yeah i did see that did you see Aldo's response to that? No, I did not see that. So my favorite back and forth that Jan and Aldo seem to uh, agree on. Um, so for those that don't know, it's um, Cejudo and Sugar Sean O'Malley seem to be in the corner for Peter Jan. Um, and when Cejudo said, hey, I want to be in your corner, Peter Jan's response to him on Twitter was effectively, all right, that's cool. Don't try and give me any advice. Just bring me water. <laughs> to which Aljo said, "You should just put Hasbul in your corner. He'll be more help." <laughs> Dude, that's also another fight that I believe happens when they actually get in the ring. Yeah, oh, it's supposed to. I happen feel like Dana has been trying to the next what two weeks. Yeah, allegedly, but I feel like Dana has been trying to get Aljo a different fight, and he just can't. He's like, "There's no way I can not get Peter Yan this fight unless Peter Yan pulls out." Yeah, that's that's me. It's solid card. I actually haven't seen too many solid cards this whole year so far. I, I mean, I thought that, I mean, I guess it's a fight night, which is always tough, but like the London cards always come through to me. Okay. 
Like I thought that was a very good card. But yeah, 274, that's gonna be the big one. Or supposed Allegedly. to be. Supposed Allegedly. to be. I can't believe Shogun's still fighting. This is, that 274 is also going to break my heart. Um, 274 is going to break my heart because it's two of my favorite fighters fighting each other, probably as a retirement fight for one, if not both, um, between Joe Lozon and Cowboy. Uh, where is this? Phoenix. Is that the name of the Suns Arena now? The Footprint Center? Is that real? It feels like they need better branding. What happened to Talking Stick Resort Arena or whatever? But yeah, I mean, the UFC was great. Patty the Batty is, is still that dude. I mean, I, I can understand not feeling like he's totally there. But I mean, you know, he got cracked again. But first round submission, like, it, you know, what is the first round knockout? First round submission is a pretty legit. Uh, it's crazy his pay though, like because I feel like I saw something that he was supposed to get paid, um, something to the effect of like seventy nine thousand dollars, and he was like, "Yeah, I wish I got paid that." So like he was probably the the people's main event, but his purse was. Yeah, 12 and 12. So he got 12 to show, 12 to win, which is also why I fully endorse him not taking an actual legitimate fighter at this point. Because if you're going to be like someone that people care about, but they're only paying you 25 Gs, if if yeah. that's if you win, don't fight anyone that can actually beat you. Yeah. But yeah, yeah. that, that, that card's going to break my heart because it's going to be a retirement fight for Joe Lozon, who's the reason that I started watching MMA. And he's fighting Cowboy, which is only going to mean that nothing good can come out of that for my heart. So it'll be a draw. I'm okay with that, actually. That's a good point. Draw mm-hmm. both right off into the sunset. We're good. We're good. Because they also do like each other. I mean, who doesn't like Cowboy? That's true. And also, Joe Lozon's a kind of like weirdly impossible to hate, dude, unless you're Jens Pulver because you got embarrassed. <laughs> Shout out to Little Evil. Uh, that's still one of the weirdest things that Joe Lozon went on the Ultimate Fighter as a contestant. One of the coaches was Jens Pulver, who he had already knocked out in the UFC. Mm-hmm. It's funny how life happens, right? <laughs> Needless to say, he was not selected by Jens Pulver. <laughs> <laughs> have you have you ever watched that like the first episode of that season? Because with when Nate was on there too, mm-hmm. and and basically it was BJ Penn and Jens Pulver. And BJ Penn was like, who wants to be on my team versus they're like, who doesn't want to be on Jens Pulver's team? And like everyone raised their hand and Nate was just like, I don't fucking care. I just want to fight. <laughs> Smart man, man. Nate's a politician, I guess. Dude just wants to scrap. Yeah. Let me bang, bro. <laughs> I do let you bang. <laughs> let me bang, man. Yeah, that, that's a sign that we needed more like CTE testing. Oh my gosh, <laughs> that was that's. I, I will say I haven't watched all of the Ultimate Fighter, but like some of the oh, like great moments shit. that come from that, like like oh. Conor McGregor and Faber had some great back and forth when they were coaches. Um, yeah. But like it when when they got coaches that could talk to each other. I mean the rampage door situation. Oh my gosh, 
What are these doors made out of? I've never lived in a place with doors that hollow in my life. No, like the, and I grew up in this, this this right next to me. I could not do that to me. That's insane. Like those, those doors look like they're only two thin pieces of plywood. That might be too strong. Because like, like even like just the, even just the way it swung open wasn't a door. Yeah, this, this, these are prop doors. There's no way they're like tables in the WWE. Technically, it's a table, but yeah, technically, if you, if you cover it in a tablecloth, it's table. Yeah, if you sneeze on it, it's gonna break though. Correct. Yeah, it's like the UFC. I don't know. I think I think UFC. I look at UFC the same way. Like a battle rap. I think they both plateaued and they're now they're just holding on for their life, trying to figure out how much money can they squeeze out before it starts dropping again. Mm. That's that's an interesting perspective. I don't hate that. They need. I don't know, like, yeah, UFC, like, they need, like, a steroid era or something where there's, like, you know, like, the 90s baseball was like, we're going to stop testing. And obviously you can't do that because we're talking about people's actual lives at stake. <laughs> but, like, but you they, could they, they, need, everybody they need new stars that people really care about. Or they could. I think the steroid era in the, in the mixed martial arts could actually come if you didn't have forever contracts with people because you can go to these other publications who probably don't test as rigorously about steroids, and then you know that. And yeah, you get a steroid error competitively in one promotion, and then you get the clean cross promotion one, stuff will be pretty sick, too. in which I don't think they're going to do. No, so it becomes like that's why I think that it's plateaued. I really do. I think that the contracts aren't the best, there's no cross promotion, there isn't even a number two, realistically speaking. Like, yeah, we know that there's number two, number three, number four, but like it ain't really a real number two, it's only an it's really. Like UFC might be number one, number two, and number three, and everybody else, the PFL and all that, is trying to get number four, number five. Yeah, UFC, are, yeah, yeah. Because if you think about it, the UFC kind of helped launch the Eagle FC. They helped launch in the other one that just came out. Uh, was another one that just dropped too, and like they're kind of sort of through the UFC, even though they don't own them. Right. Okay. So, lastly, speaking to wrap up fights with about a month until a big heavyweight boxing fight over under three rounds for Tyson Fury to knock out Dillian White. Knock out who? Dillian White. Who? No, I'm joking. Um, Dillian White is okay. I'm going to say, I mean, it's supposed to be Tyson Fury's last fight. I don't know. I don't believe that shit. But I think it's going to go at least five. I'm going to say over. Okay. I, I don't know if there's five. an actual over under on that. I was just being disrespectful, but. Yeah, you are. It's probably like seven and a half. Probably over under. Let's see. Because I feel like they'll they'll account for Tyson Fury showboating and all that kind of stuff. Mm, that's a good point. Could he knock him out in three rounds? Yes. Will he? I'm gonna say no. So He's one to seven betting wise. So he has bet seven hundred dollars from Booth to win a hundred. Insane. Fury That's branded insane. White a useless sausage for signing the contract to fight him. <laughs> <laughs> yo, we're quite right, but you don't ever call me a useless sausage, yo. I'll stab you in the face. <laughs> I don't think I'd be able to blame you. You know, well, let me see. I just want to see. That's That's so sausage. funny. He's a useless, useless sausage. sausage. The the insults are just so much better. It's more fun. It's because they don't make sense. Yeah. Like, why would we let sense get in the way of a good burn? 
I think that that's the that's the name of the show. Oh my gosh, the useless useless sausage is the name of this. Yeah, the useless sausage. Dog, those are legitimate fighting words. If I ever heard fighting words, that's no. I think I think for like the first ten seconds though, I'm just gonna be in pure shock that that was your choice of word, or do you, or do you think it's just like immediate fisticuffs? Oh, it's immediate fisticuffs because you know why? Because I'm not gonna understand it, so I'm gonna take it as a form of disrespect. It's like somebody <laughs> use a big word. <laughs> yeah. Oh, because then I'm, I'm I'm in my mind I'm like you either say something that's so disrespectful that I can't fathom it, or you talk about my penis. So either way, we gotta get these hands up. Yeah. A useless sausage. I'm going to call somebody that this week and just throw it out there and see if they catch it or just see if I'm if they think I'm going crazy. So what you should do is in the presence of someone else, refer to someone else that way. Like you get mm. mad at someone at work, this person's such a useless sausage, but around like two other people and just see how they react. Ooh, is Dylan White a vegetarian? Because if he is, then that's a burn. That's a deep, deep burn. <laughs> He's a useless sausage. He's a vegetarian. He's like, yo, come on, man. See, now Max Verstappen's going to start using that. Uh, nope. Dillian White can't resist Nando's. <laughs> God damn. Shout out to Nando's. It's DC. Dude, Nando's is the goat. Oh, wait, man. wait. Um... Yeah, useless sausage. He's Jamaican, which I, I respect, but. Mm-hmm. Oh, man. Well, I feel like there'll be more stuff, you know. Yeah, I, 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 I can't believe it. I'm going to. Yeah, can't let Lewis Hamilton start getting that one, though. I'm going to Masvidal you if you call me a, a, a useless sausage. You're going to win the fight in the ring, but I'm cracking your teeth outside of it. <laughs> and we are quite right. Bang, bang.